0: feeling. Let's check in with our bodies. Stool inventory head
1: to toe. Just um inhale on a count of four, hold mm-hmm. it for two, exhale on a count of four. Okay. Hold that out for two. Okay. Which uh, that's always the hard part is in the you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. We're talking about this, of course, because today is I can't even say it. I can't speak. Yeah. It's,
0: okay. Matt Baumer's here. He's here. Matt Baumer is he, here. He's here about to come in the studio. Um, I might have mentioned this in this venue before, but um, having worked with Matt Bomer in the fabulous movie, Poppy Chulo out in theaters June 7th. Yes. um, He is so beautiful. It makes a person go crazy. Right. Uh, When I met him for the first time, I, we were just talking like people talk, Mm -hmm. which that already was weird. And my brain spiraled out of control. And then I was looking at him and his, angel, like his, and his beatific face. Right. Uh And, and I thought like, am I, am I looking at him too much? Am I looking too deeply into him? Right. Uh, And then I got self-conscious and then I just started looking at other things in the room, like a crazy person. So I just, I want you to be aware. He's very good with this. He's, he, he will put you at ease.
1: (sighs) Okay. Okay. He
0: understands the responsibilities that come from being a very hot person. And he, and
1: he, he's, he takes them seriously. Okay, so we're good. gonna have a good time. I guess I feel like I'm in good hands. I think he's yeah, he's 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 got us. Can we talk us? about your work in Poppy Chulo? By the way, because if you don't know <laughs> this, Dave Holmes yeah. uh, appears in. Uh, so Poppy Chulo, by the way, is uh, written and directed by sweet, 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 sweet angel mm-hmm. John Butler. Mm-hmm. To call John friend of the show doesn't even do it. He's he's a cousin of the show. Yeah, he's oh, a sibling of the like show like a close, close cousin of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, he, yeah, he wrote and directed this, Matt Bomer mm-hmm. stars in it. Also, Dave Holmes stars in it. Well, f- honestly, uh, both of us are credited in this film
0: as podcasters. That's true, that's true. We Matt both- Bomer's character is listening to this show through the whole movie. Yeah. Or a show like, a fictional version of 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 a podcast that a Dave and a Matt might be involved in. But then, yes, later I do show up in a party scene. I'm an extra.
1: But an extra does not paint the correct picture because we're getting just full shots, just the camera just resting on you Mm. and on the gorgeous mane. And we're seeing you. uh, Ben and and I are called out by name. So this does take place in a cinematic universe where Matt Bomer's character is friends with Dave and Ben. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. Um, someone's buzzing in, I think, maybe say he's here. Oh my God. The the studio is freaking out. Yeah. We're a buzz. We're a buzz. There's no doubt about it. Before we get into the interview, Mm -hmm. uh, just a couple other things for us to catch up on. Last time we saw each other, we were at uh, DragCon DragCon downtown interviewing Nina West. That episode is coming to you soon. Mm -hmm. And then next week, a dream guest. She was an absolute delight uh, homophilia hall of famer for, for sure instantly yeah instantly um, first first ballot i don't know i say things like that anyway and then you scooted off on I a did. scooter on a bird scooter
0: to, found to, myself at the hollywood bowl for new kids on the block uh, debbie gibson uh, tiffany uh, salt and pepper naughty uh, by uh, nature the mixtape tour summer 2019
1: unbelievable there's a lot of live music stuff that is squarely not for me. This yeah. thing was I, made. For, it's almost I can't so you for there. me that then it spins around and it isn't for me. But yeah. it's also not even that. It's just simply why wasn't I – why didn't I – I just fucked up, but I didn't buy tickets. I just well,
0: you know, you learn from these these mistakes. They're continuing to tour, so you never know. You might find yourself in a city where they, where they show up. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I'll just talk you through the tour. Now, the assumption with a package tour like this is that – Like, for example, a Tiffany might go first or a Naughty by Nature might go first. The people who have, you know, by numbers, the lowest amount of hit songs, Mm -hmm. right? That is not what happens. What happens is at the stroke of quarter to eight, new kids on the block come out, right? And by the way, it's been pouring. We we had a box because of of people I knew. And so we were like, let's go to the box early and just, you know, take advantage of the, you know, way too expensive Hollywood bowl wine and, you know, $30 turkey sandwiches. So we did that, did that in the pouring rain because there was a little monsoon. So we're like, we're, we're freezing under, under tiny little uh, ponchos. Anyway, new kids on the block, come out, get the party started immediately. We hear the right stuff early in the set. Uh, They then leave. Tiffany comes on. Oh my God. Then there's another stage behind you, Matt. Did you didn't what? even see? There's a stage in the middle of the crowd, and suddenly new kids are there. What? Yes, yes. Oh my god! And so- and then and then it's Debbie Gibson over there, <sighs> and then and then more new kids, and then Salt and Peppa for a minute, and then they throw to these cameras that are quote unquote in the dressing rooms. Of the new kids. So you get to see them all with their shirt off. Oh,
1: wow. Right? And then they do skits.
0: And people, it's, it, they basically are just there with their shirt off. Okay, and they great. acknowledge the camera briefly and the crowd goes fucking crazy. Sure. Uh, How and they then, look, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I will, uh, they, they look, okay. Joey is an angel from heaven. Yep. He is, he, he is in, his voice is perfect. Uh, his face is, is like, he he's he
1: still got it. He's still got it. Happen.
0: Jordan still, they've all still got it. Sure. Um, you know, Danny Wood looks like bacon, mm-hmm. yeah, but like he always kind of did, you know and what I mean? He's meat. bacon. He's meat. Yeah. yeah. The bacon is having a real moment. Um, Donnie Wahlberg, Kinotape tape on the shoulder shirt off constantly. Keno-ta- what? what? tape. Like Keno-tape? what, uh, what like CrossFit people use. Oh, what is I that for?
1: I have never known. I've yeah, never Yeah, I known. forgot about keynote, Keno
0: tape. Huh? I think that's what it's called. Anyway, uh, yeah, it it was completely, completely bananas. It culminates in a mashup of uh, Push It and Hangin' Tough.
1: Oh, my God. Which then
0: leads into a song called 80s Babies, which, frankly, is not that great. Uh, but then all of the acts come out and sing it together. The whole the whole thing starts with the Illtown Sluggas, which is one of Naughty by Nature and like his nephew or something. And oh. they're essentially like bar mitzvah DJs, right? Ah. So they play the hook of a million songs. And it's like girl talk, but right. 25% of that. Like it's just yeah. the hooks. Yeah. And they're yeah. not meshed up with anything. And so it's just so it's all kinds of like, you know, 40 year old former new kids on the block teens, like waving their arms to, you know, living on a prayer.
1: Oh, man. It
0: was completely insane. And uh, T-shirts started at $50. 45
1: I believe that, and and also am I correct, that, that as soon as they started, the clouds parted and oh, the of rain course. stopped. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a
0: beautiful rainbow came and ended right in the middle of that Hollywood Bowl stage. It was uh, it was great. we got to get Jonathan Knight on this show.
1: We do. We've got good Jonathan call. Knight on this show. Yeah. Really good call.
0: Lance Bass makes an appearance. I think of just course. in the LA one. They brought him Now, up. somebody
1: told me there was an unfortunate moment where Lance Bass was in the audience with Chris Kirkpatrick, Pat- Kirk and they did not recognize Chris, and they only called out Lance. Oh. Did you catch that? Oh, if that happened, I also did not recognize Chris Kirkpatrick. That makes great. me feel bad. I'm the Good Chris Kirkpatrick of podcasting. Shit. You know what Stop I mean? It's like that. I'm in it, but I'm, I'm chill. kidding, kidding, kidding. Stop it. Um... That's devastating that I did that I yeah. that I missed this, but it, well, it, it it sounds like a dream. It was an
0: absolute dream. Uh check out tour dates. It's worth a day trip. Oh, I'll get like to Vegas. Vegas. Go to Vegas.
1: Uh should we just get to it? I is guess it, we should just, just get to it. it uh, I mean, uh, are you ready? I don't know why I'm delaying other than that I'm gonna leave my body. In for four, hold for two. <sighs> out for six. Through the mouth. Oh, you're right. Out for six, out
0: well, I mean, okay. that's just
1: that's better practice. You're right. Okay,
0: okay. Um,
1: ladies and gentlemen, after the break, Matt Bomer.
0: We are back with Matt Bomer. Hello, who is who is hydrating? <laughs> Staying at this hydrated,
2: yeah, yeah. I yeah.
1: You in mid sip, <laughs> but you handled it like a pro. Thank you. May I ask what's going on in that bottle over there? Because it's it is a um i see a it's lemon. cornucopia of, of health going on here no it's just some lemon just lemon water yeah, just some lemon not water. A cleanse.
2: not a cleanse okay. no i just pass out right in the, at the very beginning of the interview <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've been subsisting on lemon water for months is lemon water a part of the routine uh sometimes yeah. it depends yeah yeah if i have a lot going on and i know i'm gonna have to talk about a lot you know mm-hmm. on something like this it's
0: Good for the old vocal passages. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So we are just at the beginning of kind of, of, a, uh, of a press extravaganza. Yes. A press-a-thon.
2: And I'm so excited to to start off with you uh, because, I mean, you right. are the hometown crowd. You're in the
0: movie. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh,
1: significantly, I think. Well, and our voices, voices are in it. Dave, Dave appears quite a, more than I was anticipating. And
2: his Featured voice extra. does as well. And you Both have that great still. line about... Yes, about jumping in the pool. Mm-hmm. And if Living in L.A., you jump in the pool and you swim out, swim across mm-hmm. and get out on the other side and it's 20 years later and it yeah. always gets a laugh. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's yeah. that's
0: actually a John Butler specialized. Is it I really? Yeah. I thought for sure you'd improvise that. No, no. That's, uh, that, I believe, is the work of John okay, Butler. Or, or it's something that we said in conversation years ago.
2: Well, it sounded very spontaneous. Okay, so good. Kudos that, to both of you. Oh, You've I earned you. your I thespian believe,
1: stripes. Thank you. We did improvise some stuff. That did not move make it into mm-hmm. the cut. We did some Can't real fun. It's all right. Uh, we all, we all did that on this <laughs>
2: movie. <laughs> so it's coming out June 7th. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You never know with, uh, uh, little labors of love like this mm-hmm. what's going to happen yeah. you know if you're lucky enough you get to do the whole festival circuit for a year mm-hmm. or two and then uh, get distribution but we were we were fortunate enough to get it uh, picked up pretty quickly so I'm, I'm excited for
0: people to get to see it finally yeah and it's it's a it's a great alternative to the summer movie i'll say you know yes yeah. it's yeah it is definitely not a Marvel movie. Right, you are not a superhero. I'm yeah. not spoiling anything yeah. by saying that. Yes. Uh it's very human, <laughs> very fun movie. Yeah. What have you uh, what else have you watched lately that you have loved?
2: I just started getting into that show Dead to Me, mm-hmm. which I really and loving. Me too. So far. As long as you're willing to s- suspend your disbelief a couple times, I yeah. can really get you. In a- I think both those actresses are doing some of the best work of their careers. Yeah. And those are impressive careers to begin with. Um, I broke my leg skiing uh, about seven weeks ago, so I had to be still for the first time which is not easy for me and so I finally binged all of Game of Thrones oh wow Wow. okay (laughs) I actually eventually skipped over episodes and certain seasons I think I made it through the first four seasons um, unobstructed just every episode Uh and then I started just kind of parsing it out. I, I researched which ones I had to watch in order to really get the through line of the show. Uh-huh. And did you watch all the way through to the end? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you satisfied with the ending? I actually was. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm jumping on the bandwagon so late here, so I can only imagine what it's like to have been a fan of a show like that for, what was it? 10 years? Yeah, or 19 10 years. 10, 19 years. So, uh, and there's just no way you're going to please everybody. Right. But I thought there were surprises. I thought there were it wasn't really all wrapped up in a neat bow and and mm-hmm. um but there was resolution and you know, I mean everyone has their own opinions about Daenerys and what's going on with that and that's yeah. a whole different conversation. Yeah. But um in terms of just wrapping up the show, I thought
0: they did a pretty solid job. Yeah. It doesn't have to be unbelievably grim for every single character for it to be real.
2: I agree. Now, I I watched it. One of the reasons I did it is because my brother-in-law, who I adore, is is the biggest fan. Like, I had to get him a mead maker one year for Christmas because he's, like, that into Game of Thrones. Wow. He's Irish. And um, he – I wanted he was in town when the finale aired, so I wanted to be able to watch it with him oh. while he was staying at our house. And he was not satisfied. <laughs> really? It seems like no, no one was. not with the entire last season. He was just not having it. He just thought it was too abbreviated and should have been drawn out longer. And I tried to explain to him about contracts and actors who've been with the same job for ten years mm-hmm. and what that means in terms of you know scheduling and them mm-hmm.
0: wanting to be free and all that but uh-huh. uh, he wasn't having it yeah <laughs> i you know i i was always in and out on that show and i thought the the end of it was perfectly fine
1: yeah i know yeah. it's not a hot take I, it's literally a lukewarm take but my thing is i've never seen the show yeah so i'm one of those people who's that's my hot take mm-hmm. I'm trying to build a whole personality around having never seen yeah. game of thrones yeah what did you what did you grow up watching
2: Oh, one more thing. Sorry, oh, yeah, I don't mean yeah. to I, before I don't mean to before we pass over this. I saw Book Smart this okay. weekend. Oh, me too. And I loved it. Yeah. I was blown away by Olivia Wilde as a director. I mean, I I I did a film with her years ago. We didn't have scenes together, but I met her a little bit then so i had high expectations but i think what she did with that material was phenomenal and the cast was so great and we actually my husband's goddaughter is billy lord who is amazing in the movie and hilarious and so we all went uh together to the theater to watch it and that was
1: really incredible experience it's so much fun. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh,
2: so worth it. And and yeah. another great um alternative to the blockbuster. Like yeah. A, yeah. A really amazing. I think
1: those are my two summer movies, Poppy's Chulo and Booksmart. Great. Yes. Get at them. We made it. And it's 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 strange to see the coverage of it now because
0: it did well. Yeah, but it's it also was not a movie that was promoted the way that you know the Aladdin live action remake mm. was.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it was promoted with twenty uh, somethings of the world. There could have been avenues that I'm completely oblivious to that. Totally, you right. know, They yeah. were reached through. Yeah, um,
0: but you have to imagine it made its budget back. I think so already. Yeah. yeah. yeah and now I the word of mouth so. begins, which is much, for a movie like that, much more. Mouthful. Yeah.
2: To me, this seems like the kind of movie that's just going to get bigger as it goes. Right. Uh, yeah. Right.
0: So you, we grew up sort of in the same place. Are you? Because okay. you grew up partially in Webster Groves.
2: Yeah. Right. I grew up, I was in Webster until I was nine and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was in Kirkwood. So we're natural. We were, my God. We—that's. I remember. I still remember swimming against the Kirkwood swim team. Yeah, that was a rivalry.
0: Yeah, the Webster. We were the Webster Waves. Really? <laughs> I was not involved in sports. Well,
2: I mean swimming, you mm-hmm. know.
0: <laughs> it's a sport. It's a sport. Yeah. yeah. What did you like what did the, the what did your family watch? What did you What was your Well, first pop- I was culture? raised very
2: r- strictly religious. So, yeah. there were and, and it waxed and waned. So, there were times when I'd be allowed to watch things and there are times when all of a sudden the rules would change and we wouldn't be able to watch anything secular and then it would sort of loosen up a little bit. And our mom would let us watch things when my dad wasn't there so it was all kind of a mixed bunch mm-hmm. of pop culture over the years a lot of reruns yeah um the only thing i re- really remember vividly watching I, I remember my brother and i watching chips Mm-hmm. Which used to be referenced in Papi Chulo, that I think it was cut out of the film because mm-hmm. um, John watched Chips as well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he, yeah. Uh, so John <laughs> has an to attachment that to, <laughs> to uh, Eric Estrada. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> see it's meaningful. Yeah. I didn't have to say it. Um, and I remember what one thing we did watch for a while was the Simon and Simon Magnum Pi double block. What on whatever network that yeah. was on. CBS, I believe, CBS. Wednesdays. Okay. I was very young, probably yeah. too young to be watching that. Um, my brother was obsessed with The Three Stooges, yeah. obsessed. I've seen every episode of The Three Stooges. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, when I worked on Will and Grace, he was like, Matt, you got to talk to Sean Hayes for me uh-huh. because his performance as Larry in The Three Stooges movie was phenomenal. And Larry's the hardest character to get. <laughs> there are so many subtleties about Larry, and he
0: really got all of them. Is this an older uh, brother? Yeah. The Three Stooges is an older brother show. It's yeah. the weirdest
2: thing. Yeah, well, of course, because Mo gets to dominate his yeah. siblings. And he would slap, he would tweak, he would, you know, you do all the stuff to me and yeah. and torture me in all those ways. And eventually I'd just have to go roll my eyes and go with it, you know, and just take the punishment. But uh-huh. um so we watched a lot of that. I remember us sneaking um The Twilight Zone and Tales from the Dark Side. Oh wow. It was a big one. Um I'm trying to remember what else. And then a a lot of, like, sitcom reruns. Sure. uh, All in the Family, Give Me a Break. Yeah. um, Facts of Life, uh, Growing Pains, Silver Spoons, things you'd find kind of right after school where we could sneak it in before our dad got home and, like, laid down the law. Yeah. What was the religion? We started out Southern Baptist, uh, and then we switched to, I mean, I guess as Southern Baptist as you can be in St. Louis. Um, yeah. That's what my dad called it. I'm like, are we Southern Baptist? Mm-hmm. And then we switched to Presbyterian, which I really liked, actually. Uh, I was like, oh, I can get down with this. There's like a ritual ceremony to this. It's uh-huh. pretty easy. Get in, get out, light a candle every now and then, wear, wear this robe. And then we went to Texas and we switched to non-denominational, which basically means we were at a Bible church. So one person is sort of from, you know, a seminary is, is given the task of interpreting the Bible for an entire congregation of people with an elder board and a board of deacons who are sort of his advisors or her advisors. What's your family's
0: relationship with religion now?
2: They're still pretty staunchly Christian. They still belong to the same church we yeah. joined when we moved to Texas. yeah, they've wow. been through God, I don't even know how many pastors there and 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 my dad has i mean to his you know credit, he has always given ten percent of everything he's ever
1: made to their church or charities. Wow. Those are his agents and managers, in a way.
2: That's what I said to him. He was like, are you tithing? I was like, yeah, to my agents and managers. (laughs) That's where my 10% goes.
1: Um, Were you on board for the ride as a kid? Well, I didn't really have a choice um, in the matter. So I I don't um, know. I can't really
2: imagine, like, there were always things, you know, even at a young age, that sort of stuck out to me just in terms of, like, well— in terms of like issues I had with heaven and hell and mm. things like that, but I it it never dawned on me that I could not be or believe what what I was experiencing two or three times a week, you know, until I you know went to theater school in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I found a new religion there. Yeah, what's yeah. what is what
1: is your interpretation now of heaven and hell? I love that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. This is supposed oh, to be the light part of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Sorry. You're I mean, no, here we are.
2: Um, gosh, I'm not going to get too into it. I mean, I guess, you know, like a lot of people, I've just sort of developed my own sense of spirituality, but it's not something that I want to proselytize or I want to force on anybody else or even feel the need to discuss because it's really, you know, personal and my own. You know, our our kids go to an Episcopalian themed school. I mean, there are all kids of all religions are there, but they have a chapel every morning. I love going to that with them. And there's, they say the Lord's prayer there. I think it's great. It's a great Mm -hmm. way to start the day. Um, But I, you know, I meditate. I've, I've read books and gotten into different Eastern religions at different times and sort of developed my own uh, sense of what works for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Sign us up. All right. Okay. Because this
0: is the (laughs) letter, Part of the show. Uh-huh. What, is on your, uh, what is on your iPod or your phone or whatever, whatever we're using? Music-wise? Music-wise. Hold on. Yeah. I'm
2: going to have to turn this on now. There's this amazing country singer that I just found. I'm sort of obsessed with the Garth Brooks Sirius XM station. Oh, wow. Because I, w- I was raised listening to country music oh, sure. and pop country. So Garth at like the uh, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo was oh, – wow. I mean, such a huge event in my life. And Randy Travis, of course. Oh, yeah. Wow. My friend had tickets. I saw Randy Travis there. I saw Clint Black there. I think I saw Reba McIntyre there. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I, and I obviously, you know, I've since gotten into a lot of different pop music as mm-hmm. well. Um, but a lot of it, to be honest with you, is trying to keep up with our kids now. Oh, sure. Because it's just like, oh, man, it's all. So much of it's just over my head now. <laughs> and what are the ages? Uh, our oldest is 14. He just turned 14 two days ago. Wow. And our twins are 11. And our oldest is kind of getting into like some hip hop and mm-hmm. things like that, that with artists that I'm not super familiar with. Yeah. Um, but this guy I just found, his name is Don Williams. Uh-huh. Um, and he has an amazing song Uh What's it called? Good old boys like me, which is so beautiful and so ahead of its time and so progressive for a pop country song. Uh, And he has a song called "I Believe in You," which relates exactly back to what we were just discussing. Uh
0: I believe in mom and dad. Yeah, Uh, I believe in babies.
2: Babies. Yeah, he says babies, babies, but it's uh, it's all about (laughs) his sense of what he believes in in Mm -hmm. terms of what he was taught as a child. Yeah. Um. So other than that, I try to keep up with them, and then honestly, I just turn it on Spotify. And I just kinda let it go. I yeah. mean, I've been a big Brandy Carlisle fan for a long time, sure. so I was super happy for her big moment at the Grammys. God, that was beautiful. I was amazing. Um and I was like, dang it, now the whole world knows about Brandy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. I selfishly had, you know, enjoyed being, you know, one of those really yeah. solid fans for a while. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything on here You've seen that's You've not seen my
0: kids. Garth Live. <laughs> yeah. Uh how do you, his reaction to the audience's reaction to him is always my my favorite thing in the world. Have you? Yeah. What What are you talking about? Okay. He will end a song and it's usually, you know, there's a fist in the air and often he has his back to the crowd, right? Like just saying on a big note. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the crowd goes crazy and he turns around and he's just like, He's yeah, like,
2: for
0: me? Are you clapping for me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Wow. You know who's
2: amazing. who stole that from him is Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I oh, saw, no, I don't know if she stole it from him, but she does the same thing. I, I went and saw, I got to spend a, a couple of days on Brad Paisley's tour oh. bus years and years ago when she was his opening act. It yeah. Was just when she had her debut country album. I don't even know what it was called. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she at the end of every song had hand to heart, like, "Oh my gosh, I yeah. cannot believe you guys actually listened and like what I'm doing." And she stayed at that meet and greet after the concert and sure. shook every hand, sure. and took every picture, and man, did it pay off in spades for her. For sure, she's a phenomenal songwriter, obviously.
0: But um, it's weird that that is required of country artists, and nobody yeah. else. Like, you wouldn't catch. You know, a hip hop artist. You wouldn't see a Travis Scott being like, "Wow," you know what I mean? <laughs> no, or even I don't like think rock so. or whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's baked into the country experience in some yeah, way. Right? I guess so. What series of events led you to Brad Paisley's tour bus?
2: I had actually written a pilot that we ended up selling called Nashville. I think yeah. it was this was about a year or two before the show Nashville came out. Yeah. Uh, with a friend of mine who's who married um, Kimberly Williams' sister. So Brad's wife's mm-hmm. sister, he married her. So they were really good friends. And we thought, well, let's get a really authentic experience, country experience. We'd yeah. written a show about a young songwriter in Nashville and a young female Nashville starlet. Mm. And um, and so he was nice enough to let us go on his tour bus and spend the night, which one night on that tour bus was plenty. Yeah. And this is an amazing bus. Uh, I just wasn't used to sleeping in like a little cocoon on wheels yeah and then i <laughs> went to their baby's christening the next day <laughs> they were like why is this guy here <laughs> yeah. but uh they're great people really nice people and you know we've stayed friends and actually this is a really good friend of mine mm-hmm. so um
1: that's how that happened wow yeah small world well, let's take a quick break yeah. and we'll be right back with matt Omer. okay
0: back with Matt
1: Bomber.
0: <laughs> Are you refreshed?
2: So
1: refreshed. Did you have a moment to reset?
2: I really did. I okay, feel good. like a
1: brand new man. Good, good, good. That's important. Uh, Matt, what is your current <clears throat> relationship status? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, how, how long have you been married? We were married in
2: 2011, uh, which is when it became legal in New York, which was before California right it was that brief window in california and i was working in new york when that window happened and we missed it so the second it became legal in new york we're like we better do this before they turn it around again yeah and thankfully that didn't happen
1: but together much longer than that yeah yeah how did you meet initially
2: we met through a mutual friend uh who'd been trying to set us up for years and i said no because I didn't know Simon. I'd never met him. I knew he was supposed to be this amazing, dynamic, handsome guy. But I, at the time, had like a no one in the business policy. Mm. Um, and I thought, publicist? Oh, man, this guy is going to be in like a Calvin Klein suit and on his BlackBerry the whole time. That's how long ago this was. And uh, and so eventually, after a few years, I was like, man, if this guy is still... Asking, or you guys are still trying to set this up. Let's do it. And so we went and had a barbecue at a mutual friend's house. Lee Pace. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that actor mm-hmm. who I went to high school with. And uh, and that was it. And then we really haven't been apart since.
1: Wow. Yeah. So the first date was kind of a group hang.
2: It was the three of us, yeah. So it was intimate, but also with an intermediary, which is kind of a nice way to do it, I have to say. At a party, there could be too many distractions or if there were too many
1: people involved, it could be too many distractions. Wow. Did he at some point be like, guys, I'm going to just not be here and be the third wheel?
2: Whatever happened was really organic. Nothing felt forced or like, oh, no, now he's leaving us alone to talk. (laughs) (laughs) It has felt really easy, you know? yeah. Yeah. And what was, uh, okay, so you went off to, to school after yeah, after Texas. I did. You went to Carnegie Mellon? Yeah, I don't even think I applied to a school in Texas. I think maybe I, think maybe I got into SMU, but mm-hmm. I knew that I, I needed to kind of get a, a ways away to sort of find myself. And yeah. I auditioned for a bunch of schools and thankfully had some options. And, and Carnegie Mellon seemed like, I knew I wasn't ready to go from Spring, Texas to Manhattan. Yeah. Um I had visited Manhattan a couple times and I was just like, you know, like talking to strangers in the subway, and I just I knew I was not going to farewell there. So, uh Pittsburgh seemed like a really nice, you know, intermediate step yeah. and uh they were kind enough to help me out financially and so I went to
0: Carnegie Mellon. And what what was that once you got there? Mm-hmm. It was a very it it's a pretty gay place especially the theater.
2: Um I mean yes and no. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't I imagine now it's probably even more so, more openly so. But I, I was actually fortunate enough that the class above me, not my class, but the class above me had quite a few gay people in it. Yeah. More than I'd ever seen and they were all very open, very unapologetic, very much not going to be victims of society or upbringing, Mm -hmm. their upbringing or anything. So that was really, I'd never seen anything like that. I'd been working in the theater. I started working at the Alley Theater when I was 17. So I'd worked with a couple of gay people here and there, but they were the vast minority in anything I was involved with.
1: And where were you at this point in your own coming out journey? Oh my
2: gosh, nowhere near. Yeah. all the way I in. was still reading my bible every night yeah. I was like I think my poor roommate was like who did I get stuck with yeah he was in a fraternity and like you know getting wasted and bringing girls home and I was like on Job 416 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: know? uh-huh.
2: but it was my way to sort of stay in touch with where I came from but also be whoever you know I was finding when I was there right yeah and what was that process like for you. Um well I think after my freshman year I, I I stopped dating girls. I had a girlfriend my freshman year of college and then uh I started between my second and third year I worked at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. Um which was amazing and a great place to to meet other actors and artists my age who were also broke and trying to figure out who they wanted to be and mm-hmm. um we had I had an amazing um person who did our hair and makeup who was non-binary and was raised extremely uh, mormon
0: hmm.
2: like I mean had really been subjected to some really twisted things because they lived so openly as a person uh, as when they were young um and I thought oh man if this person can do it like like what am I really <laughs> holding back here and uh I remember I was like I was like exercising in our living room, probably to work off sexual frustration or something, uh-huh. and I was like, "Okay, this is something I need to deal with and then it was just sort of a slow unfolding mm-hmm. from there on out mm-hmm.
0: and but and it, then I hit New York hard and fast oh, when sure. I was
2: like twenty one
1: of course
0: yeah how how then uh did you start to think about talking to your family? Oh, it wasn't even an option for.
2: I would say like six years. Really? Six or seven years, yeah. Yeah. uh, Eight years. Wow. Eight years,
0: yeah. And how how were you able to keep those lives separate?
2: Well, I went to school abroad, and (laughs) I worked abroad in between years at school, so it really wasn't that hard. Yeah,
0: okay.
2: Um and uh, and then I went straight to New York and and started working there. And I'd come home for the holidays, and people didn't really seem to want to discuss too much. And and that it wasn't until I really brought it to their attention that you know you know. And remember at this time I, I had gotten onto a soap opera, and every right. time they saw me, I was on TV making out with a different girl for. Right extremely long periods of time like i do on soap operas and uh so i think that was the only real impression they had of me at the time
1: right and you you said you hit you hit new york hard so you're living your best life in terms of your personal life Mm. at this point i'm assuming i mean yes and no i mean i was
2: never like a, a cat about town or anything, but I was definitely, like, wanted to see what was going on, right. you know? But then I was also, you know, auditioning to play romantic leads and things already, and so it was like, you know, really figuring out how to have both those things, yeah. you know?
0: And the idea of, of having both those things
2: is brand new. <clears throat> yeah, It wasn't even brand new at the time. It wasn't an option at the time, really. Yeah, Right. You you couldn't have both things. Yeah. It was
1: really uncharted. It's just the last couple of years that that's even been possible.
2: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so were you kind of surrounded by um, voices and forces in your professional life who knew that you were gay and just clarified, just so you know, this will not be, being out will not be an option for you as long as you have
2: this career. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Particularly early on. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, there, to be honest with you, there was only one job where I I was ever so uncomfortable with on-set banter or whatever else was going on that I was not my most authentic self with the people I was working with. And it was purely for my own self-preservation. Um, but in terms of the business, yeah, I got some really twisted messaging, really twisted messaging all the way up until like 2000 and. Five two 2006 from yeah. certain people in the business. I even had like people say really creepy things like, well, if you're a character actor, it's one thing, yeah. but you can't do it if you're a leading man. It just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. What does that mean? I guess it just means like people need to believe that they have, that they can fantasize if, if you are a, a straight woman, you can fantasize that this person is an option for you. And knowing that there's any other reality in their personal life shatters that, and you know, yeah. But I I think anything we project onto anyone on
2: screen involves a good deal of fantasy. Of course, (laughs)
0: yeah.
2: You know, whatever they are, whoever they are. So uh, I don't know why there would be that sort of delineation, um, but
0: yeah, it's just fear of the unknown. Yeah, and it just took people being, took people like you being out.
1: And just living it and proving yeah, it wrong yeah. to prove it wrong. And so, what was there a breaking point for you? A breaking point. <laughs> well, I, I mean, was in I'm the assuming middle of an a... audition.
2: I just said, I can't take this anymore.
1: <laughs> Enough's enough. I want to be free. <laughs> um,
2: no, what was it? The, was there a breaking point? No, I think for me, I had to really uh, handle things with my family and the people closest to me before I could, you know. Make that a more uh, public thing. public dialogue, and there right. was there was no need for it to be a public dialogue for a long time because no one really even knew who I was or what. I, so it would it would really be kind of putting the cart before the horse, right? Um, but in terms of. My work life and working with people, it was never something that was like, yeah, I'm going to go home to my girlfriend Christine tonight and like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you'll meet her at some point. We're just like, <laughs> we're kind of like on the rocks right now, but whatever. <laughs> um, it was never yeah. that situation, you know. So how how did you have the conversation? How did you start the conversation? What Which conversation? With your parents. With my parents. I wrote a letter. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, which in retrospect was, I think, was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It would not have gone... Uh, I think that it could have gone in a really wrong direction had I tried to handle it in person by myself in semi-rural Texas.
0: Right. Emotions run very high. Well, yeah.
2: I, I don't, you know, I just don't think people knew how to, it was so out of their wheelhouse, you know, so out of their realm of possibility of understanding and, you know.
1: And it, so this came out of the blue for them. They did not suspect they.
2: I'm, I'm sure on some level they must have suspected something, but it, it it did seem to really you know shock them. So,
1: but I take it they wrote back to that letter eventually.
2: <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah, it was a long time, and uh, it was a, a long path to getting ourselves back together, and and and. Um, I'm so thankful that they were able to open their hearts in the way they have over the years and it's you know, it's still a work in progress. Um, but they're a, a big part of our life now and a big part of my life and uh they I think they love my husband more than they love me. Yeah. And they love our kids and to be honest with you, that's all I care about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh they're great grandparents.
0: So was it? Do you remember a moment when it began to kind of thaw a little bit?
2: Honestly, I think a lot of it had to do with me coming out publicly because I think a lot of their fears and concerns were, and, and maybe I don't want to even speak on their behalf because I've never like solidified this with them, but I, I think they were worried about what people in their lives would think if they heard because they were these, you know, beacons of the church community and, and um, still are. And I think what they found was that nobody really cared. Mm, (laughs) And I think some of the people they thought would care the most cared the least, you know, but I mean, my mom and her, all of her church girlfriends came and saw the boys in the band (laughs) this summer and loved it. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I think we always fear the worst maybe. And, And I think once they realized, oh, this really isn't, such a big deal even outside of our nuclear unit i think it was just yeah.
1: so it was less a case of ha- of, of having to like deconstruct ev- all of their beliefs about homosexuality and more just a case of like them knowing and loving you well, i'm sorry what was I, the question i, <laughs> I mean it, right i, I think for, for the, in terms of their acceptance right yeah Yeah. You know, I mean, I
2: hate to even speak on their behalf too much because that's an unfair thing that happens where as an actor, you get to answer all these questions from your point of view Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't really get the inside scoop on them. And I I would never portray them as hateful or ignorant people because they're neither. I mean, they are some of the most generous giving people who spend their free time at, like, shelters and, like, building bunk beds for single moms and things. I grew up doing right. those kinds of things with them. So that's just not even a a, quote, a quotient of who they are. Right. Um, I think, you know, that maybe would be their story to tell, like, why it was so shocking and how they – came to terms with it, you know, but I know it's not an uncommon thing. You know, that's why I talk about it in general, because I know it's not an uncommon story. And I know a lot of people who are terrified about it and I know are still afraid to talk to their families about it. And I know people who, you know, have told their families and and haven't had a happy ending. So um, I just share that story for whatever purpose it serves in anybody's life. If they're like, you know, in Omaha right now going, oh my God, how am I ever going
0: to tell my parents? Yeah. How did they engage with uh, the boys in the band?
2: Um, So my mom and I want to say three of her friends, some of whom I've known since I was a child, all came to see it and they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. They thought it was, you know, sad as it is. And, and, but they were just on board, man. They were Mm -hmm. like really into it. Um, I took my mom to Joe Allen's mm-hmm. beforehand and then we hung out afterwards and went I think we went to Bar Central afterwards and she had a Cosmo. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 and uh yeah, they responded really well to it. I I think in a in a strange way. I mean the play is fifty almost fifty-one years old now. Um, but I think they're able to understand a lot of the point of views of the guys at that time because, you know, they grew up not
0: far away from that era. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is st- – all those characters in, are steeped in that kind of, you know, yeah. pre-Stonewall mm-hmm. self-loathing.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And they yeah. can't – you know, exist in the way they want to exist outside the confines of this space. They're yeah. all trapped in this space with all their animas and they can't, you yeah. know, like climbing the walls to yeah. get out. This groovy apartment. Yes, very yeah. groovy apartment. It's beautiful. Yeah, that and set gonna, was amazing.
1: We're getting more boys in the band soon. Yeah, I start
2: are, in a, a few weeks. Wow. Yeah. Where? I, uh, we're making a film of it for Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Joe Mantello's directing mm-hmm. they brought the whole cast back which was essential for me if yeah it, it yeah. was like that way or the highway I think pretty much for all of us um, because it was about kind of trying to recapture that experience in a different medium and mm-hmm. not something I ever thought was gonna, mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna come to fruition but it did and and uh, yeah that'll be my summer here in LA on a soundstage doing the boys in the band wow I'm so excited for that yeah, we'll see. I, I'm so excited. I'm I'm really excited to be a part of Joe Mantello's return to filmmaking um, and, and to work. I've never gotten to work with the same group of actors and the same director in a different medium on the same project. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I know the original movie had the same cast but a different director, I think. So mm-hmm. um, that's going to be interesting just to see how the – film changes mm-hmm. how performance yeah. rhythm
0: tone how did all of you guys handle it like bathing in that sort of that 1960s kind of gay panic um,
2: i really had no idea what to expect to be honest with you because yeah. I, I knew a lot of the guys a lot of guys i've been friends with i'd known, i went to college with zachary quinto so i'd known him since i was 18 but um And, uh, I'd known Andrew and Jim and, but a lot of the guys I didn't know. And I just thought, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like getting all these gay guys together Uh in a room? Like, is this going to be smooth? And everybody just came to work. You know, everybody really brought so much work to the table. We were all off book on day one of rehearsals, which we needed to be because we had a very abbreviated rehearsal period. And, uh, I'm very abbreviated, but we a couple weeks shorter than what you'd normally have for a Broadway show, um, and so I didn't know. I I knew it was like really kind of starting to gel at rehearsals, and the cast was getting along well, and everybody was kind of there, really doing their thing. Um, but I didn't know if it was going to sell tickets or not. I had, I had no clue. I was like, we could close in three weeks, whatever. This is my Broadway debut, you know. But uh, just getting to do a show for like a night is a great thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it sold out, it was just like I, I kind of was flabbergasted in, 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 the, in the most appreciative way um, I mean, it's Joe Mantello and, and a lot of actors whose work I've respected for years and years. So I wouldn't say it was sh- shocking, shocking, but just the fact that so many people would come and see an entirely out group of actors do this play. Um, I'm not sure if they thought <laughs> it was going to be like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory and Neil Caffrey from yeah, yeah, White yeah, Collar yeah. on stage together <laughs> or yeah. with Spock or something. But well, in uh, the so band. I think some it's people, yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> I think some people came and were like, Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were there for the first half hour like, oh, it's like a sitcom. And they were like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. what's oh, yeah. what's going there. Yeah. Can we're I curse on deep. this? I'm
1: oh, sorry. Oh, absolutely. yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Um, I believe you two gentlemen played the same part. <clears throat> no, I pl- I played Michael, who I, Jim played. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. You played? Donald.
1: Donald. Yeah. Who Michael's in love with. Yeah.
0: And those are kind yeah. of the two that are on stage the entire time, basically, yes. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they bookend the piece. Yeah. There's a
2: good portion of the middle of the piece where my character just becomes sort of an active observer who really doesn't want to be there. But his loyalty to Michael kind of keeps him in the room because he yeah. knows he's going to have to clean up the wreckage at the end of the night.
1: Uh-huh. Ugh. It's, and did you ever? Did, was Mark Crowley? Yeah, in, uh, Mark's are, a involved? friend now.
2: Wow. I, yeah, I just did a Q and A with him in New York for the Tony voters, and he was just as charming and whip smart and, and lovely as ever. I'm so thrilled for him, and I'm man, it would just be so cool if if he were able to be on stage at the Tonys at 83. Yeah. I think he's the oldest Tony nominee in history, and and just. To have had this piece marinate like it has for 50 years and go from being this hugely popular thing to being kind of derided by certain members of the community to then being celebrated again. And then on on that level, if he were to win the Tony would just be so special to see. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we have to let you go. I mean, I want to do another hour. But, uh, Unfortunately, that right. was fast. I know. <laughs> fast. I just, I, I we didn't talk about poppy, <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're, 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 about poppy Chulo. Well, we're going to be talking about poppy Chulo quite a bit. Don't we'll worry. And okay. we'll, we'll do it. We'll there's a whole intro segment okay, before good. this, where we've, okay, we good, have good, fully good. plugged it. But, oh, yeah. um, I also just love to get a sense of, can you paint, I wanted to ask you about fatherhood and I know we're <clears> running out of time. Yeah. Can you just paint a picture of, is there a typical day in your household? You guys and the kids?
2: Well, I mean, I can say what a typical day for us is, but that's not what a typical day in any household is because every family is completely different. and You both bring your own set of of traditions and things from your own childhood to the family circumstance. But um, it involves waking up really early, getting everybody ready for school, driving everybody to school. Um, making sure the homework's done and, and, uh, you know, we have older kids now. So we're, the, this is the phase we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, checking in sometimes over the course of the day. And then they get home from school. We hang out, catch up, throw a little baseball in the backyard. Some. One of our boys loves to jump on the trampoline every day. That's like his little outlet. Mm. Uh, We catch up. I try to always be there for dinner, Um, especially I've been really fortunate to not have had to travel too, too much in the past since I got back from the play. And, uh, you know, we watch a little – after everybody's done their homework, we watch a little TV together, and then they go to bed. And then Simon and I get 15 minutes together, (laughs) and we're both so exhausted that we collapse.
1: Right. And 14 and 11 – is yeah. tr- it was tricky in my household I mean I was awful at 14
2: Well I mean who you know, who isn't You know who didn't have those Awkward years we're, we're very lucky Our oldest is a great kid and Uh, but you know, 14 comes with its own set of changes and, and so much is just in flux in your body and socially and boys and girls are starting to become more attracted to each other and, and, and boys and boys and girls and girls. Um, but so it's just a lot of transition. And so, you know, half the battle as a parent, just kind of like staying in the loop, you know, and kind of staying, keeping the communication going. So it's not just monosyllabic grunts and. Um, You know, that actually feels safe kind of opening up to you about what's going on with their peer group and things at school, things like that. But all kids, I think what you have to learn is all kids, especially boys, they're going to mess up at some point. And, you know, it's really easy to get into a really righteous mode. And and I look back when I was their age, I'm like, oh, my God, I was like already sneaking cigarettes behind my school like Mm. at 14. (laughs) So like they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're fine.
0: But before we let you go, Papa Chulo. Yes. When you got the script, what what was it that, that jumped out that made you go like, I have to do this?
2: Oh, man. I, I thought it had this wonderful, subtle, comedic tone throughout that wasn't forced, that was sort of like a, almost like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where you knew there were real emotional and character-driven stakes going on that that hadn't quite bubbled to the surface yet. I found the the tension the comedic tension in the character really interesting because he wants to be this placid everything is incredible uh guy on the exterior but in inside he's just dying uh and i thought that oh man if i could just get his pathos and like start from there and then let all the comedy happen from a place of pain then it could it this could be really fun to work on and um I met with John and he was just so lovely and collaborative from the get go and and funny and I loved the way he worked and how permissive he was and and um but he also had such a strong sense of vision and um that crew it was an Irish crew who were just the, the loveliest people you could ever hope to work with uh, I wish I could do every movie with them mm-hmm. and it was really Uh, just a really pleasant, fun, enjoyable shoot. I actually had so much fun shooting this movie that i kind of stalked it for a while afterwards yeah i took our kids rowing on the lake where ernesto and my character sean row really i i went hiking in the places where he and i was like this is for like two weeks after we wrapped and i was like matt like this is weird you gotta let this go now
0: oh that's beautiful Um, though
2: but i'd had such a it was such a high getting to do this piece and then it was so quick, and then everybody was just gone. Right. You know, they were all, like, back to Ireland, and I was just left here alone in yeah. L.A. Uh, I mean, I had Alejandro, and I went and saw his play, and we hung out and things. And But um, I just had a hard time letting it go.
0: It's it's so warm and nice that watching it, you kind of have the same experience. You oh, just I kind of want so. to live in it.
2: You yeah. Know? It was really uh, a, a special project from the get-go and, and i'm just glad that it was able to find a home and and be out there in the world and 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 that people are going to be able to go to a theater and buy popcorn and sit down and watch sean spiral into a complete <laughs> existential breakdown uh-huh.
1: <laughs> i'm getting a whatsapp Ernesto, message. you're me. also gonna get to see dave holmes dancing yeah. uh, in the party scenes. very true yeah uh, yes, you
2: will. Dave Holmes makes making a couple strong appearances.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and and strong
0: character choices, which we'll we'll discuss yeah. after. I don't want yeah. to spoil yeah. anything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. June the 7th is
1: going to be about the Dave character. <laughs> that is what John's. I am Yeah. yeah.
2: June seventh. Yep. Bobby Chulo. June
1: seventh. Matt Bomer, thank you so much. Thank what you, thank you little, for uh, having me.
2: This was so short and sweet. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Um. So, so quick outro. Just, yeah. Like um, should we just? Yeah. All right.
0: So, do you want to just debrief?
1: I. I, How do I you feel? I'm. I'm disoriented. Yeah. I'm really disoriented. Dizzy? You know what the best part of that was is that the room is set up such that we sit, you and I sit next to each other, and the guest sits directly across from you. Yes. So there's a little more distance, and because they're most direct, you're getting more eye contact than I am. Is that true? Which is helpful. Okay. (laughs) Especially with something like this. Beautiful In terms eyes, of the piercing, the, the piercing
0: nature of the blue eyes. Uh, also, he was. Uh, I, I will. I will just observe that uh, he was had his back to the door and was not really fully visible to the booth. That. Every earwolf employee oh, yeah. stopped Sam by just to be like, to hey, just, what's, oh, what's
1: going on? What's going, I was hey. Just slotting around in here. Just I mean, yeah. please.
0: Men and women, gay and straight alike, everybody just was like, hey, what's going on? And couldn't
1: really get the eyeful that they wanted unless they craned their neck, which a few did. It's the truth. <laughs> you, you got, if you did crane your neck, you got a vision mm-hmm. in lavender. Oh.
0: Yes, And uh, the man is a brilliant actor. Uh, His work in Papi Chulo is so, it's so beautiful. It's such a sweet movie. June 7th. Uh, Everybody go see it. So that small, uh, small films like this that have heart and, and, um, and then that center queer characters uh, can keep getting made. Yes. Go see
1: it. Uh, thank you, Matt Bomer. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Matt Bomer. Thank mm-hmm. you, John Butler. Thank you, John Butler. Thank um, you. Uh, thank you, Dana Wickett. Yes. And uh, thank thank you. you, Hannah. And uh, Ryan and all of the homies here. And thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you,
0: Matt McConkie. Thank you, Ben Walsh for the music. Thank you, listener. Bye.